I'm up a calling you on the old technological cellulite to tell you of a podcast that lacking your ear taste to something of molasses. How'd that sound? Quit yapping! Now as a sheriff, my job is rule, and my rule is law, and my kidneys are shrinking on account of the cholera epidemic. It's 1873. But I wouldn't be the fastest left-handed gun in the right-sided east if I didn't think about what could have been. You understand? I got into the fucking water. What a... <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> God damn it. Well, that brings me to what the Samuel L. Hill I came to call you for. To tell you about a podcast called What Do I Do With My Hands? Hosted by the ruinous, tootinous cowpoke this side of Pasadena. And thank God I won't go further than that. I'll be frank between you and me. I'd feed this six shooter my teeth if I had to walk over to Chesterfield that night. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Anyways, uh, Cole Bailey is his name, and he brings on a slew of guests to talk about how they got their jobs. Come on, listen to his guests. Bridge the gaps left behind in the workplace and find a little bit of insight available on most major podcasts and platforms. Listen today. Uh, My jaw's still to the floor. My eyes are wide. I'm out of breath. uh, Is it the cholera? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the ad read. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of What Do I Do With My Hands? I'm, of course, your host, Cole Bailey. And the reason that this episode is so special is because it's all about your boy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be going into a little bit of my background and just sharing like a mini story uh, from my very, very, very brief career. Um, you know, I realized in the inception of what do I do with my hands, I, I truly did want it to be a highlight of other people, but I also recognize the value in uh, talking about myself for a little bit, you know, um, because otherwise, uh, w- w- why are you listening? <laughs> you know, as much as I want to be a vessel uh you know be be pretty weird if you had no idea who this dude is if you're just listening every single episode right now as you may have picked up i work in hospitality primarily i absolutely love it um i get to work on my feet i get to move around i get to constantly do stuff i get to make people's day i get to make memories for other people and i get to meet really really cool people and do really really cool things to make those memories Uh, But it wasn't always that way, and that brings me to this little episode. So here's the plan. Get a little cup of joe, get your favorite drink. If it's water, okay, that's fine. Uh, But I'm just going to tell a little story of my first job at an amusement park. Um, Worst job I've ever fucking had. worst worst first job um it's it's all it's like working for a corporation um that doesn't abide by any labor law (laughs) 
So I worked there for, I don't know, a year, two years when I was 16. And the thing is, I grew up in a town where its only claim to fame was that amusement park. So obviously, like every wide-eyed kid is going to be like, oh my god, I got to, you know, get a job at the amusement park. You know, I get to be in charge of all the games and find out how the carnival works. You know, it's either that or, you know, you can bust tables or wash dishes at a P.F. Chang's, but, you know... Who wants to do that and get paid a fair wage, right? Not this guy. So I settled for less uh, by going and working at this amusement park. So, of course, you go in there and you're 16. And you're like, I want to be the guy that's in charge of the rides. I want to make people go and I want to send them to the fucking moon. And if not that, then I want to be in charge of the games and help a little kid score a basketball just so he can get a, a stuffed elephant that he paid $45 of his parents' money for, right? That's what you think uh, is going to be the expectation. Um, I, I, I guess, came into the game a little bit late. Uh, they posted ads online and, you know, out in newspapers, you know, it's a, it's a widely known area thing that, you know, kids go there for work. So obviously they're just like mooching off all this, this youthful labor and just, you know, slapping them everywhere. By the time I got to it and by the time I got with an interview, um, every single position was filled except for uh, admissions. And I remember sitting in the office. It was a trailer that was like retrofitted to be an office with a waiting room and i remember being like 16 years old my mom dropped me off and i waited in this trailer with like 17 other people of very different walks of life different ages like there'd be a person in a full suit and a tie taking it very seriously and then right next to him is sewing someone wearing like the the cookie monster sweatpants um, and their their hair tied up in a messy bun. So just like a, a wild, very American room, a, a truly a melting pot of humanity was beside me. And then here I was like this timid little boy trying to get his first job. Um, but obviously, you know, they'll, they'll take anyone for an interview as long as you don't have a, a, a past criminal record i guess so uh they take me into the office i remember the lady sitting me down she's like all right where do you want to work and i'm like i'd love to be at games and she's like every position is filled in games and i'm like okay can i operate the rides no that's that's full too so actually what we had in mind for you uh was um admissions and i'm like what does that word mean <laughs> and she's like you're gonna be the person that takes everyone's tickets and lets them into the park and i'm like okay that just that sounds like a job i was at the point in my life where you can tell me what's gonna happen with my life and i would just let it happen just say okay <laughs> so here's this adult being like this is where you're gonna work otherwise it's nothing and here i am being like yeah sure uh, of course, uh, use and abuse me. I don't know anything about anything. Uh, as long as you give me money, money is nice. Um, so of course they paid bare minimum wage. Um, they had a really good onboarding process that I remember almost falling asleep during. Um, it felt very in indoctrinating. So you're still in these trailers, but now you're just watching like little videos of like the company culture 
and like i totally get that like if you're entering into like a new company or whatever you you have to kind of like understand its core values but it's multiple videos lasting an entire eight hour day so it gets to be a little much right i mean how how much do you really need to know about the uh old guy that dances on the commercials you know what i mean so finally i get to start my my first shift and i truthfully i don't really remember what it was like i remember being very nervous very timid i remember i i'm like a person that doesn't like stress out over the intricacies of the job but instead i freak out about things like where am i gonna park um what what's gonna happen if i have to leave early how often am i allowed to use the bathroom how hot is it going to be that day? That's what I freak out about. Like I could have the worst day of work ever, but it wouldn't phase me. But I would go home at night and and uh, sweat about these small things. So, you know, the, the first day I'm sure was fine, I guess. But essentially the job is um, there's like 17 different kiosks that uh, separate the, the gate from the park. And you have like these little machines that, you know, you scan people in. Now, what was happening before was you get your little card and it has your stupid little face on it in black and white. Um, you scan it uh, or you show it to the, the, the person that's out there and you'd be like, okay, this fucking looks like you. So there you go. You're in. Bada bing, bada boom. Right. Um, but apparently that was a little too much. So they decided to streamline it. Quotation marks. Um, by adding a biometric finger scanner. Now this was a long time ago and uh, we were not uh, in the part of the world or the year in which society would understand the words biometric scanning because it sounds scary and it sounds like it was developed by a mad scientist. So needless to say, no one trusted it. Um, so here we are with these dinky little machines. Uh, you scan your card, and now it's like, okay, that used to be the old thing, but now you're only 50% of the way there. So now you got to place your little thingy on, on the scanner and, and let it scan it. Uh, that's going to set your scan, and uh, the next time you come in, you put your finger back down there again, and if it matches, you're in. Con candy, con candy for days. Have a, have a three-pound hot dog. Have a, have a big old turkey wing throw up doesn't matter you're in spend 125 dollars on candy um but people didn't like that <laughs> um immediately my one of my first issues that i had to deal with was um the the small little piece that i guess they didn't think about uh which is um children <laughs> You know, like their their clientele, their main client, ninety five percent of the population, um, has small, tiny fingers that aren't adult sized. Some of them barely have fingerprints yet, and they're coming into a park where where they ask them to scan an ID, and then I'm I'm forcing these these tired, hot, sweaty adults to lift their child up so they can first reach the machine. And then they have to like smash their finger into the scanner to take a picture of it. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been a child before, but the last thing you want to do is be constrained for any time longer than zero seconds. 
So here's uh, all these kids just waving around. They don't want to be there. They're upset. They had to wait in a hot, sweaty line with 500 other people for 30 minutes. And then here's mom smushing their finger and trying to hold them still so they can get into the park. Uh, so a, a madhouse immediately. So that was one of the first issues. Um, but again, I'm not a person that's going to, uh, you know, start a revolution at the age of 16. I don't know how to drive yet. Uh, I haven't paid taxes yet. So I'm just going to let this happen and I'm going to keep rolling. <laughs> now, another issue that caused me uh, greater stress uh, was the heat which I didn't realize um, that they didn't uh, care at all about your comfort in <laughs> this job. I'm sitting on plastic stools. Um, I don't think they all had back support. <laughs> so, um, and, and by the way, there's elderly people working in my, my position. The, the kids aren't in this position. I am the youngest person in the department because all the other young people are doing the fun stuff. Um, so I, I'm on a team with uh, the Golden Girls, God bless them. Um, but they're just these grizzled old veterans that are just used to sitting in the heat. They don't give us fans. <laughs> they don't. They don't air condition our our little ticket booths. So we're just susceptible to the elements. Um, and of course, the sun's not beating down on us. But does that really matter if it's 95 degrees with no wind? <laughs> you cook. You truly cook. Um, and it really doesn't help that your work uniform is a polo shirt and the, the world's ugliest khaki shorts from 2004. Um, I, I, I did dress like a big nerd back then, um, but not like that. Um, that's the, the kind of outfit that gives you atomic wedgies in the year 2021. You know, like it's egregious to be wearing outfits like that. Uh, but there we were looking like caricatures of uh, a, a theme park employee. So on the hotter days, um, it would be awful for us. But mind you, there's like a half a mile line per gate of just families sitting in the sun, baking with, again, there's no water out there because the purchases happen inside of the park all the fun stuff like soda and cotton candy and necessities like water that doesn't happen until you get past the gate so you're in no man's land you're 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 not even in the trenches yet unfortunately for these families that are sitting there so every day at least one person uh, would would have a little bit of an issue and they would pass out due to the heat um, and I remember like the first time that it happened I was like oh my god they're not gonna make it they're gonna die they're, they're having a heat stroke out here so I had these like little buttons to like call my my supervisor and I would just hammer that thing and I'm like oh my god please someone fainted we need medical attention and then I would wait um, five whole minutes until a teenager, a, a, a child, maybe two years older than me, saunters around and is like, oh man, I gotta call security for that. And then, you know, they come over, they give them a little water, they're up again. Bada bing, bada boom. So, uh, traumatized me the first time it happened to me. By the 78th time, didn't even phase me. I, it, it's, it's cold 
how quick of a turnover it turned uh, a young boy into just not even caring about other people's torment. I remember there was a distinct day that I saw a woman. I made eye contact with her. She was like 30 people down the line. I just saw her fall limp and fall over. And the people in front of me on the line were like, oh my God, she fainted. Oh my God, you got to call someone. And I remember my exact reaction was, yeah, I got it. And I just hit the supervisor button. And I'm like, all right, ticket, please. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure these people were shocked to see just nothing come out of me in that moment. Um, and uh, to be honest, I am still shocked about my lack of empathy. <laughs> huh, but yeah, mind you, it's happening every single day, multiple times a day. Um, so it didn't, even, it didn't even phase me. They always got up. So I didn't need to worry about it. They just need a little bit of water and then they're right as rain to go upside down on a roller coaster 76 times. Um, so yeah, that was a, another issue that uh, strayed me further from humanity. Um, I have another moment um, that kind of brought me down a little bit lower and that was when they trusted me enough to start working the exit gate. Now, if anyone... Um, has gone to an amusement park before and they want to leave the park for whatever reason there's usually like a setup there right they have like a hand stamp so they know that like oh the person with the stamp gets to be you know allowed back in sometimes they give them a, a ticket or whatever you know how it works and i loved working at the exit gate at the end of my tenure there at the amusement park because i knew that i would get less complaints from guests um, because they're on their way out. They already paid for everything. Everything is, is over. Their, their night is done, and now they're going to drive six hours back home. <laughs> so they didn't even want to see me. They didn't want to talk. They didn't need to be friendly. That was okay, you know, because at that point, I was not friendly either. I don't think I, I developed empathy yet or a passion for my job because uh, my first job was... <laughs> not not for me <laughs> so um i had one particular case that's always going to stand out and it was when i was working that exit gate i had like a, the rare issue of someone trying to go back into the park um and then in that case you know i would flash the little, little light because we did the hand stamps and if i saw a, i don't know like a tiger or whatever then then good you're good to go you know you can go back in if you don't, for whatever reason, I'm instructed to lend them over to the guest services booth and then they can find however, you know, you got into the park originally. And if you didn't get into the park originally, then, you know, obviously you'd uh, be waiting outside for the rest of the day. So I had this one particular gentleman. I'm never going to remember his face, but I will always remember his backwards visor because who uh, wears that? clowns maybe so uh he comes into the exit gate and uh, i'm like okay let me you know flash your hand and he, he looks at me he's like what the fuck did you just ask me <laughs> and i'm like yeah you know you paid an exorbitant amount of money to enter this park uh and i need to know if you did that <laughs> so can you show me your hand um so he just like begrudgingly shows me his hand he's like oh, okay here you go <laughs> I flash the light on it and of course nothing nothing shows up on it and he's like well 
here's the other one as if that was going to change anything at that point we both knew that he never got a hand stamp but for some reason there's like this this small hope that um, there's going to be leftover residuals from a, a, a kiss that blew onto his hand and left behind the imprint that allows him re-entry into the gate. Of course not. So he shows me the other hand, I quickly flash it, and yeah, of course it's not there. Um, so now we're doing this back and forth where he's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, this is your hand. This is a light. There is no uh, dancing tiger on your hand. So you can't come in. Did you want to go to the guest services booth and they can you know, find out your ticket? And he's like, well, I have a ticket. I don't know where it went. <laughs> I think I threw it out. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That happens. They can look up your purchase if you want to show them you know, a receipt or uh, a bank statement or something. I'm sure they can help you out. He's like, I need to get into that park now. And um, the, the tone changed very quickly because there's like a little metal gate that I open up to let people in. And it's protected by a little piece of Velcro. Uh, so I knew that the conversation was serious when he put his hand on the gate. He didn't push it. He placed his hand on the gate. So that's when I knew, okay, this thing is, is getting kicked up. I'm going to have to reel this guy back in. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, sir. I cannot let you in unless you have a hand stamp. Uh, and he cut me off. And I remember him standing over me. Because I'm sitting down for this position, right? He's standing over me, this adult man in his 40s a visor khaki shorts cargo pockets hands on the gate and he looked at me and he said you're letting me in right now and he starts pushing on the gate very aggressively and i'm like this guy is gonna kill me <laughs> i haven't contemplated much in my my feeble little existence but this is the closest i've ever been to a, a, a murder um, so I go into full panic mode, right? Um, but, you know, I'm a professional, so I'm, I'm trying to keep my composure. So uh, I think in reality, um, I, was, I was very stoic, but on the inside I was uh, sweating and throwing up and on my jeans. Uh, but what I did was I turned over and I remember looking at the security guard that was, I don't know, maybe like 25 feet away. Um, I look over as he's like, forcing on the velcro i can hear it popping uh, i look over i see the security guard is just having a dandy old day um there's a little girl with like a doll or whatever and the security guard is like you know bending over and talking to the little girl you know having a, having a nice little little day um instead of using my little supervisor button where i press it um and you know a, a, another child walks up 25 minutes later um, that was pressed, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes ago. So I knew they weren't coming for me. <laughs> so my last ditch effort, uh, instead of getting up and just leaving everyone to enter the park, I cock my head over and I scream at the security guard and I say, help! <laughs> I've never raised my voice like that at someone before, <laughs> but I was petrified. <laughs> so I said, help! Uh, the security guard uh, looks up from the little girl and looks over and she's like, hmm. She's, uh, she squints at me. She's like, hmm. It seems like there might be something going on over there. I can see that look on her face. Like, hmm. That, 
very inquisitive. I, 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 methinks. Uh, I'm screaming again, please. <laughs> and they quickly like walk on over, and they're like, "Sir, you're gonna have to go uh, back over to the guest services." And then, you know, of course, he gets escorted out. Um, and that was the closest I've ever been to death. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, all that being said, the job was fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> there was n nothing redeeming about it. I am in a hospitality industry now. Um, but I, I've grown a bigger respect for the relationship between guest and, and service person. Um, at that job, I, I was literally a servant. Uh, so there was really just no back and forth, no conversation, no you know developing people. It's just you are our cattle to me. I process you. You go into the park. I see 700 of you. So nothing really got better. Um, I'm surrounded by people and I get to talk to no one. So, and that's just like my day. <laughs> so very unfortunate. Um, the last story I will leave with is, is something that I, I would say defined me as uh, a, a workplace person. I think these are one of the defining moments that brought me to making a podcast about uh, the workplace advice world. And that was near the end of my tenure. I had a supervisor who, uh, again, was, you know, a few years older than me, which isn't much. Um, you know, supervising that day, I was managing. It was a pretty busy day. I was, uh, I guess, promoted to, to work at the water park. So it's essentially the same thing as the theme park, except everyone's in their bathing suits and, um, you know, I don't like looking at people's skin. Um, that's the only difference. <laughs> so I'm 10% more uncomfortable for the same amount of, of effort. Um, so I was working a, a particularly busy day where there were significantly less uh, ad administrative people on duty. So um, there's less gates open. So I'm processing more people for a longer time. Uh, and when it gets busy, usually a supervisor goes on their own little stand and they boop, 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 you know, let some people in. So these are peak hours. Everyone knows it's peak hours. Um, and I had an issue with someone's uh, card that wouldn't scan. So if someone's card doesn't scan, you know, they're, they're kind of SOL on my end until a supervisor can come in and check on them. So what I... Uh, am instructed to do is say, oh, I'm sorry, can you wait off to the side? I'm going to go and keep, you know, letting people in and then a supervisor is going to be with you shortly. So I press my little dinky little supervisor button and someone comes on through. Um, so that happened about 20 minutes ago and now they're getting a little impatient. Um, and the thing is, um, for a lot of adults, it doesn't matter if uh, your service is coming from a child they will speak to you as if you're a grown adult. So I have been already cursed out by several adults and it doesn't really faze me. This lady is also cursing me out. Like, you know, let me know the fucking park. You know, why is this taking so fucking long? So of course, you know, I had to remind them, hi, yeah, someone's gonna help you out. I am a 16 year old child. I have not left the state on my own without my mommy and daddy yet. I don't know what a 401k means, nor do I know what it is and how it's going to benefit me in the long run if I start investing early. So at some point I just say, okay, 
uh, no one's coming for you. I'm going to go and find someone on my own, which is not the best course of action. So I close up my little gate and I say, I'm so sorry, everyone, can you move over to this line over here? Can you give me five minutes? Uh, and I go searching for the supervisor in the supervisor office. So I walk in there and I see my supervisor sitting on the computer eating Burger King. And I'm like, hey, uh, I try to bring it up as casually as possible because it, it really isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. It's just like, hey, like this person is, is gonna kick my ass and I don't want to feel a punch yet. Um, so I walk in there and I'm like, hey dude, where you been? Uh, someone someone needs you out there uh, and his response was very level-headed very calm um, he stood up and he said don't you dare talk to me like that I'm your supervisor so, so I've never been yelled at by like a, a stranger before um, so I recessed back into myself and I'm like okay I'm just gonna keep walking um, <clears throat> and that situation just turned out to kind of stretch until the end of my time there my last day was um a day where i had to get my performance evaluation it was given by a completely other supervisor that has never supervised me before but uh on the uh evaluation he mentioned that i had gotten written up for talking back to a manager and of course that's the only time that, that happened and uh it almost broke me <laughs> I had a perfect record and just because of like a miscommunication um, by a person that was just having a really bad day, my uh, potential raise with the, the company was hindered, uh, which was disgusting and incorrigible and it's something that I think about to this day. Now that I am a manager that manages other people, I now take into consideration uh, that I have bad days and it's not really reflected in another person. Um, I did not have empathy back then, but I learned to have it quick when I realized that other people can have an even less amount of empathy in the workplace. Um, but you know, as the Vanga boys once said, uh, if you're alone and you need a friend, someone to make you forget your problems, just come along, baby, take my hand. I'll be your lover tonight. This is what I wanna do, let's have some fun. What I want is me and you. Boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. Let's spend the night together. Thank you so much for listening to this first mini episode about my life. Um, if you listen to this whole thing, wow. Um, awful, disgusting, how dare you? Um, but thank you so much. Truly honored that you want to get to, to know me a little bit better or uh, if you're bored and this is on autoplay, while you're doing dishes, um, I'm sorry that uh, your hands were too soapy and you couldn't change it to the next episode. Um, anyways, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna be trying to do a few more of these just so you can get a, a better idea of, of you know what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, but you know, I had a great time talking about my my first baby job and how much I've grown from it. So follow the show on Instagram. It's at What Do I Do with Show. And also email us in any workplace advice questions, anything you want at the uh, email address, what do I do show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.